0: I'm Evan Smith of the Texas Tribune, and this is Point of Order, a podcast about the ins and outs, the ups and downs, the people and politics and traditions of the 86th Texas Legislature. This week, over the rainbow. One of the many ways in which this has been a different year politically than we're used to is the relative, relative peace and quiet around matters related to the sexual orientation of our friends and neighbors. As my colleague Emma Platoff wrote earlier this week, the LGBT community here has made modest strides in the lawmaking process in the 86th. Among the bills debated in House committees this session for the first time ever, one that would add crimes against gay and transgender Texans to the state's hate crimes statute, another that would smooth the process for transgender Texans to change the gender markers on their official documentation, and another that would penalize state-licensed counselors who attempt to change the sexuality or gender identity of children, a controversial practice known as conversion therapy. Let's be honest, those bills aren't going anywhere. No floor vote and no chance of passage. But baby steps, people, in this state, In this legislature, with these politics, getting a hearing is something, an indication that issues once considered on the fringe are now in the mainstream. Let us note as well that the so-called bathroom bill, which sought to regulate access to restrooms, locker rooms, and showers, and in doing so was said by many to target transgender Texans, disappeared from view after failing to pass amid the extraordinary tumult of the 2017 session. To be fair, from the perspective of LGBTQ advocates, the news has not been entirely good. A bill that would allow state licensed professionals to deny services on religious grounds passed the Senate. A bill to override cities requiring businesses to offer employees paid sick leave. A seemingly mundane swipe at local control became a political hot potato when the Senate stripped language protecting non-discrimination ordinances potentially leaving gay Texans vulnerable. But even that latter blow has been softened. The sick leave bill ran through the House State Affairs Committee, whose chairman, Republican Dave Phelan, restored the language protecting those ordinances. And the next morning told me in an interview for this podcast, I'm done talking about bashing on the gay community. This is 2019. It's against that backdrop that I asked State Representative Celia Israel to be my guest this week. Now in her fifth year representing a district in North Austin, Representative Israel is one of five out members of this legislature, the most ever, and is a founding member of the chamber's LGBTQ caucus. She knows the wheels of progress turn slowly, but she's optimistic about the future. What else can she be? As she told me when we sat down on the morning of May 9th, day 122 of the 140. Point of Order is supported by the Texas Freedom Network, a nonpartisan grassroots organization of religious and community leaders and young Texans who support equality and social justice. Learn more at tfn.org. Which is harder to be at the Texas legislature at the moment? A woman, a person of color, or an openly gay Texan?
1: It seems like you, uh, the answer is different depending on the day of the week. <laughs> is that right?
0: I, I just thought you were going to say something I, I, simple like, I, I, yes,
1: <laughs> left, uh, all of the above. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's it's an array of issues. I I mean, the people who listen to this podcast get it. They know every other year we, we put ourselves through this torture chamber known as the uh, the legislature, and and we're taping this on the day in which it's the last day in which your House bills need to get out. So if my voice is particularly weary or strained, um, you'll know why.
0: I don't ever take it personally, Representative. Although maybe I ought to take it personally, actually. Um, There have been moments, though, of of the course of the five years you've been in the building where being a woman was probably hard, where being a person of color was probably hard, and where being an openly gay Texan was probably hard. There were days where it's a couple of those there's days where it's all of
1: them yeah pick one pick one of the hats right. um it, interestingly enough it's never a day when it's difficult to be a left-handed person the there's, still el- um, there's still time there's still
0: time but you know um you think it's gotten easier or harder in the time you've been there to be in an underserved or underrepresented group as far as the government goes
1: i think it's gotten easier because with my you know with my other colleagues we get to know each other better there's a there's more leaning on one another. Um, uh, you find more allies. You know when who's comfortable to come out at which time on to help you with questioning, with uh, support. And now we've got enough of us who identify as LGBTQ that we actually have. Uh, we decided to form a caucus at the beginning right. of session. So you know, there's strength in numbers there, and. Um, so there's something reassuring. Half of, half of what I, I suppose anybody does in life is, is psychological. Can I do this? Can I do this? Can I do this? And sometimes
0: and, you can do something alone, but sometimes you need people to help yeah, buttress you. Yeah. right? Yeah. In
1: that sense, it's it's very very it's in a, it's emotionally um, stabilizing to know you have somewhat of a squad with you. <laughs> allies
0: allies around you. Yeah. When you talk about leaning on people, are you talking about leaning on people you agree with necessarily, or can you sometimes lean on people you don't agree with?
1: I wish I could say that I could um, lean on, meaning rely upon people that I don't agree with politically. I think I can lean on and rely on um, my friends from across the aisle for uh, you know, a, a comfort, a hug when I need it. But when I need them to just come out and say, this is BS, the polit- the politics aren't there for them yet. Doesn't always that's, happen. And that's right. sad to say, because they're right. good they're good and decent people.
0: This is what I wanted to get to or get at. Is the conversation that we see, front mic, back mic, in mm-hmm. public, a mm-hmm. different conversation than the one you're having in private? Absolutely. Is this about substance or is this in some cases about rhetoric? Are they making an argument about issues, or are they making sometimes a political argument with a wink and a nudge, knowing that the politics are what the politics are for their party or for their district or for mm-hmm. their base, they wouldn't necessarily be opposed to you but for the politics. I just, I just, I'm trying to understand, like, where along that continuum mm-hmm. the folks on the other side actually land. Is it about the substance or the rhetoric?
1: Well, I would say for my Republican colleagues, we agree on a lot. But um, just, we don't can, see that. can we, we don't agree see on it. a lot publicly, yeah. Front mic, front mic, back mic? Uh, um, absolutely not. It's, it's a, I was calling it yesterday, a, 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 a telenovela sort of, you know, it's, I'm going to act as if I'm very upset with you right now. And then you, you know, you leave the Mac and then you're, you're fine. Um, so there's somewhat of a show that you, 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 you see on the floor and, and that's, you, you, you understand know, that you understand that that's part of the deal.
0: And you're okay with, with that. you you can accept it.
1: I'm okay with it for now. Yeah. But I'm anxious for us to move forward our politics and our policies right now. I mean, a shout out to um, uh, Sarah Davis and, in Houston who has a ton of LGBTQ Houstonians in her district and um, who is very, very solid when it comes to, to gay rights. Right,
0: but everybody points but to Representative Davis. She is the exception. She is the exception. Who proves the rule. And that's sad. Right?
1: I, I want there. I know there's more. Sarah Davis is on that floor. And I want them to come out of the closet. (laughs) Well, so the (laughs) –
0: in in a sense. In a way. (laughs) In a sense. Um, We we had uh, an interview. I did an interview for this podcast last week with uh, your Austin colleague Donna Howard and with State Representative Dade Phelan from Beaumont, who was chair of the State Affairs Committee, who was the one who in his committee reinserted the nondiscrimination language in the bill that otherwise would have uh, – taken away the ability of cities to mandate paid sick leave on, yeah. on private businesses. Yeah. And I asked him about that on that podcast. And he said, I'm basically done bashing the gay community. This is totally inappropriate. It's 2019. And I kind of yeah. thought, That's a, I was sort of surprised, stru- struck by that level of bracing candor on yeah. the part of somebody. And I don't know, Representative Phelan, Chairman Phelan very yeah. well. He's not Sarah Davis, yeah. but apparently he's also not a lot of other members in the way that he was willing to just say that matter of factly.
1: Yeah. Well, he and I came to the legislature at the same time. And, uh, and when you're the, when you're the chair, you're, you're under a lot of pressure of course to,
0: to some people think it's easier when you're the chair. It can actually be much it's a harder. Lot of, you have to, you right. have
1: to know more about your colleagues legislation. You have to, uh, you have a committee staff. Um, uh, the, how do you moderate and modulate uh, I wouldn't know I've never been the chair of something like that but I but I appreciate that state affairs is a is an all-encompassing kind of committee with a lot, a lot of pressures that go along with it so to have chair Phelan say that um was was very was was very helpful to me you know um and I you know I talked to him about it on the floor I thanked him afterwards and said well, I it tells you that.
0: something about the world that you're in now and the fact that there are
1: Thank you for being nice. Conversations <laughs> like that. Well,
0: but you know, you thank God for small favors, right? I mean, yeah. you get you get that kind of a of a message delivered, and you yeah. think, well, maybe actually, slowly but surely, yeah. people are moving to a different place than at least we assumed they had been.
1: Yeah. Right. And we see those voices at the national level in terms of just Republicans who are who are supportive of of of, of equality, um, and we don't have as many of those voices here in Texas that can say I'm a proud Republican or I'm a proud conservative and, uh, I'm not going to put up with this crap.
0: Do do you think that colleagues of yours who are not Dade Phelan's or Sarah Davis's as far as it goes are good people? Can you, can you? Absolutely. You, 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 you don't sort of throw them out completely for disagreeing with you on this set of issues.
1: No, it's, uh, it's like a relationship, right? It's complicated. Um, right. I will tell you a story, and I don't think he'll mind if I share it, but um, the first, my first session was the session when um, we, were, we were, at this juncture in the session, were fighting over whether or not we were going to have a floor vote on a bill that would say that if the Supreme Court legalizes gay marriage, our county clerks don't have to do those kind of ceremonies. It was obviously unconstitutional, it was silly. Um, And we were fighting to that point. Remember whose bill it was, Cecil Bell. Cecil Bell. Yeah, nice guy, but he felt in that that you know window of politics that he needed to put that bill that bill forward. And um, I remember Representative Stickland as that bill is coming up. That was you know it was my first session, so I'm a freshman and I'm you're uncertain about your movements on the floor and what am I doing and when do I speak up and and as a lesbian, that bill is coming up on a critical deadline day and you're fighting to it. And you know, I, had, I had just kind of like this looming bad feeling in my neck because it's like, this is me they're talking about. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm the turd in the punch bowl, so to speak. Um, I don't mean to put a negative connotation on it, but I felt like um, under attack personally, um, a little sweaty. And I remember uh, Representative Stickland coming up to me to say, "Are you okay?" And I said, "Yeah, thanks for asking." And then he wouldn't let me go. Like he grabbed my arm. He said, "I want to know, are you really okay?" Like he was like really concerned about me. So, for as 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 disparate as we are on on the political spectrum, um, he talks openly about his you know his gay sister, and um, he's he's uh, a a teddy bear, a closeted teddy bear, as we've said uh, about him on the floor. So. You know he he's a he's a he's a different it, sort of he, person. But is he but representative? He's a, he's is, he, a, is he the
0: norm? The people who will introduce legislation that you find particularly noxious on non discrimination issues or yeah. on issues where uh, kind of through the front door you think this is not about the LGBTQ community, mm-hmm. but all of a sudden it becomes a way. To, uh, to put the LGBT community in timeout relative to the rest of the state. You know these kinds of bills. I mean, the paid yeah. sick leave bill is an interesting one. It comes to the front door. This is about X, but it ends up being about Y.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Is Stickland, in the very good story that you just told, mm-hmm. the exception as far as that goes? Mm. Um, I mean, I guess I, what I want to ask you straight away is, do you believe that there is homophobia in... People are fully aware of what they're doing. People are very clear about who they are. You're very clear about who they are. Even mm-hmm. in 2019, when the world has moved, society has moved, societal norms have moved.
1: I think there's an overwhelming um, uh, non-homophobia, privately. Um, privately? Yes, but there are uh, there's one group in particular, let's just call them out, Texas Values, who, who seems to fundraise off of these opportunities and i hate that that happens but they are uh, they are using the bible as as a homophobic tool to say anything in and around gayness um is um me taking away uh jesus <laughs> like you know so it becomes it becomes frustrating cuz i know what i really want to do is work on transportation but um, these things I mean, get boiled down. The fact is when down. people
0: get to know you as a legislator, you are a legislator who happens to be openly gay, not an openly gay legislator, yeah. in the sense that your self-identity in that building is about really wonky things like transportation yeah, I wanna and get some stuff done. elections. Yeah. Right? You didn't come in you know, sort of raging to do only this one category yeah. of stuff. It happens to be about who you are, but at the same time, I mean, that's the point, right?
1: And I think from, I'll I'll speak for my other colleagues now in this LGBT caucus, I think they're going the same thing, through the same thing I did. Um, You know, Jessica Gonzalez and and Julie Johnson are um, fierce women, fighters, lawyers on their own right, with their own value add when it comes to, to committee work that they've been doing around criminal justice, for example, but um, I think every, when they were they elected— They didn't run
0: on this issue.
1: They didn't run on this issue, but I right. think their, their colleagues, our colleagues, probably said, oh, yeah, she's a lesbian. You know, the, you get marked. You get, <laughs> you get, you get slapped with the a Scarlett label right L, away. Right? And yeah. they think that because we formed this caucus, therefore all of a sudden it's right. going to become you know the, the, the crazy lesb- lesbians roaming around well, the look, house Well, look, the, f- the first <laughs> like, openly gay— No, we just want to do bills like you do.
0: Right. The, f- the first openly LGBTQ— legislator chair of this caucus was mary gonzalez who mm -hmm. was the one elected of the five of you in the caucus Mm -hmm. was the one elected first
1: yeah
0: you know i was i noticed yesterday kind of matter of factly of course mary's appointed by the speaker to the conference committee on um Um, education education yeah yeah. she she is an education person she loves that topic that's her brand Mm -hmm. and and I mean, I, I think what you say is not wrong, that sometimes people think, well, they're in the LGBTQ caucus. That's their only thing.
1: That's the column I'm going to put them in.
0: And that's no more the case than members yeah. of MALC are only about being yeah. Latino or Latina, right? That's yeah. not necessarily the...
1: It isn't that the easy. That's a cop-out for all of us. though, Evan. Right. I'm, I think yeah. I'm guilty of it as well. You know, I'm, I would look at uh, someone like Cecil Bell and say, well, all Cecil wants to do is be the good old boy with the, with the cowboy hat. Well, no, he was on the Sunset Commission committee this time, and he was actually doing things with a lot more substance than I have seen. So, right. you know, I'm not saying it's just all about them. It's about us as human beings being too easily putting right. one another into and a And yet the flip category. side of
0: that, though, is that there are no straight issues Right. At the legislature, <laughs> right? Just as right. there are no men's issues. I had yeah. this conversation earlier this- Persecution. Semester persecution. with, uh, semester, this uh, session. I can think about <laughs> academic time. Um, earlier this session with Representatives Gonzalez and Davis and Tony Rose about uh, the subject of women's issues at the legislature. There yeah. are, of course, no men's issues as the inverse of that. Right. There are no straight issues. Right. Right? Yeah. So in some ways, it's hard not to have the identity question be the yeah. defining the, the narrative. Poor
1: st- the poor straight white guy, you know, so-
0: yeah, the sorry Treat, lot treated so horribly. Sorry, society. lot. Those of us who are straight white yeah, guys. Yeah, we got to stand you know, up for those guys. Pour one out for straight <laughs> white guys. Um, th- let's t- talk about the caucus. You t- have mentioned a couple times the creation of the caucus. There had not been an LGBTQ caucus before.
1: No, this are breaking ground here. And
0: so, in this last election cycle, Julie Johnson, Jessica Gonzalez, and Aaron Sweeney uh, get elected. Mm-hmm. Uh, that takes the number of uh, members of the legislature who are openly. LGBTQ from two to five, and now all of a sudden you have critical mass enough to have a caucus.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool.
0: And, and so we need a guy s- in there. Some would say, <laughs> well, you have, but you have a number of straight allies. Do you not in yes. there? There's oh yes,
1: a, definitely. A dozen or more, of,
0: a dozen and a half of, yeah. of people who are part, part of the caucus, but are yeah. are, are, are in the ally category. Um, what is the purpose of a caucus? What is the point of a caucus? So you have a caucus. Some would say, so what?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's not like it's a you know, cigar and whiskey club. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's to form muscle when you need muscle, in my view. And um, the LGBTQ caucus, um, has we've, we formed as an entity, but um, as we're talking today, we're getting ready for a press conference um, to make a statement about the fact that this craziness of the House calendar has, has allowed a, a troublesome bill to creep up. And we don't know if we're going to be able to keep it off the floor. And if it becomes on the floor, is it going to be a hard vote for some of my Republican friends or is it going to be an easy vote for them?
0: This is a bill, as we were sitting down, you told me, is a bill authored by Representative Matt Krause of Fort Worth. Yes. The yeah. bill number is?
1: It's House Bill 3172.
0: And what would this bill do?
1: It would prohibit a governmental entity from taking any adverse action against a person based on the purpose on the person's membership in affiliation with a religious organization and to provide for relief if that prohibition is violated.
0: It's a religious liberty. It's a religious
1: liberty and, and what's it, wrong
0: with religious liberty representative? Well,
1: as you know, I, I turned the tables on them with this same time last two sessions ago where I said, you know what? This Roman Catholic says vote. Yes. Um, it was a harmless resolution. Uh, this is a law that has language in there related to the attorney general. Um, uh, clamping down on cities who might do things that um, whoever the Attorney General is at the time doesn't agree with and can lend legal assistance to. So you can argue that it's, some, so it's a duplicating effort, Constitution, um, the abilities of the, of the Attorney General. The, but the, the time and the temperature is not right for the House. The focus this session has been on education public education, and our future economic vitality.
0: Right, it's been a sharp objects-off-the-table session, but yes. is it not Representative Krause's right, as it would be the right of any member, to introduce any bill? You bet. You can get the votes in committee, you can get the votes on the floor, you get to pass your bill. Mm-hmm. Can't get the votes, can't pass your bill. What's wrong with him putting this bill forward?
1: Nothing's wrong except that this one spent all of 48 hours in the calendars committee.
0: There was, you feel like this is being snuck into the building under darkness of night or under cover of darkness?
1: It was either an intent to be that spot on the calendar that we were going to inertia be damned, we're going to take this bill up, or it was going to be that spot on the calendar that we were all going to fake fight against. I don't know. I'm not in charge.
0: But you're concerned enough that you're raising the issue with me, and you're concerned enough that the caucus is going to raise an issue this afternoon about it. Now, this is not the same bill that came over from the Senate at the beginning of April and was referred to state affairs and has not moved at all, which was the SB-17- legislation, also a religious liberty bill related to licensing yeah. uh, that was Senator Perry's bill. Yeah. That is not this bill. Yeah, Sounds so, similar, yeah. but not this bill.
1: So yeah, you could make an argument that the, the least offensive of the array of, of anti-LGBTQ bills or the, those bills who had a potential to be anti-LGBTQ right. uh, are the ones that are looming on the calendar today.
0: Yeah. Uh, I was prepared to say as we came in, before I knew that you were concerned about this particular House bill, I was prepared to say that last session and this session, it seems, as it relates to this portfolio of issues, the Senate seems to be more the question as opposed to yeah. the House. Yeah. It was the Senate that moved the bathroom legislation last time. We'll come to that in a second. Mm-hmm. It was the House that said, effectively, through its inaction, no, and through the words of the Speaker, yeah. we're not going to do anything with this. Uh, this session, I mentioned Representative Phelan, Chairman Phelan's. Work as the chair of state affairs, reinserting, restoring the non-discrimination language to what was the paid sick leave bill when it came over from the Senate. There's a question now, should those bills go to conference, whether that paid sick leave bill will actually move? Mm -hmm. Chairman Phelan has said he's not interested in seeing that bill come back with the language stripped again. Uh, The House has taken up a number of bills. Again, we'll talk about that in a second where there have been hearings on legislation that you care about. Where the bill's not going anywhere, yeah. But at least having a hearing is something. Yeah. Um, but the Senate has seemed to be more of a locus for some stuff that you don't like than the House the last couple of sessions.
1: Yeah. What's they, that about? Well, um, the person in charge of the the flow of things at the Senate uh, has a has a different set of political priorities.
0: Who's that exactly?
1: That would be this lieutenant governor. His yeah. name is Dan Patrick.
0: And you believe he is orchestrating <laughs> this from on high? I,
1: I, I'm not. Um, I'm not in the nest. Um, but I hear that um, that he he uh, has will place his thumb on the scale and say, "This is good. This is not good." And I and it's. I can't change their minds. Um, I can't change their priorities. Uh, but. I'm, I am grateful that in the House, um, Speaker Bonin really does have a respect for the, the, the process and has appointed chairs on the various committees to where we've been able to limit that kind of, of um, division. It's, it's not good, Evan, when a young LGBTQ person um, watching us from Amarillo or El Paso um, thinks they're under attack because of what's happening in the Capitol. I would like them to you think say that's the
0: message they get.
1: Yeah, there people are watching. Um, so, I mean, I've, I've called upon the, my, the of my youth a lot as I, as I have entered the public realm because I want to, I don't want to forget what it was like to be in a far distant corner of the state and wondering what do those people in the Capitol have to say about me? Um, and if you look at what's happening in the Senate, it ain't good. If you look at what's been happening in the House, there's some good things
0: there. Now, if I'm, if I'm Dan Patrick, my response to that might be elections have consequences. I've stood for election now twice for lieutenant governor. Mm-hmm. I've been elected overwhelmingly the first time, less overwhelmingly, but still elected the second time. Mm-hmm. The state has spoken in terms of its priorities for the legislature, for the Senate, yeah. <clears throat> for the office of lieutenant governor. Um, if they don't like what I'm doing, they could have voted me out. After the last session, they could vote me out the next time if I elect to stand again for Mm -hmm. re-election. I'm just doing what they elected me to do. And and by the way, I, Dan Patrick, am among the most transparent of the elected officials in office. Mm -hmm. If you don't know what I'm doing, it's only because you haven't been paying attention. Mm -hmm. So it's not as if I somehow surprised people by the way that I'm running the Senate or managing the flow of legislation. Even if I stipulate that I manage the flow of legislation, which he might not, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: he would say... Too bad. the The voters of Texas elected me to do a job.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, again, I can't. I can't control that uh, approach. Um, I can only control uh, things within my realm, and and I think that one person can make a difference. One one member of the House right. can force a a positive committee hearing, that's going to send a positive message out there, like we did with reparative therapy, for example, to say there's there there's a law that we can change that will Help people. Um, I mean, just
0: being able as to, opposed air, to hurting people. Just being able to air that, being able to yeah, have was, that conversation. It was a game changer. Is therapy for me. of a sort.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was it was it was a difficult hearing to have. It was a rather short hearing and and I don't begrudge Miss Miss T had a you know really limited. But witnesses. it was not a non hearing. But it was it was a I warned right. them, I said this is gonna be emotional, members, yeah. and um and it was real, it, was, it was raw. Right. And that was – and it was uh, was cathartic and it was – it was. I know that it helped people.
0: And as you point out, Representative, chairs matter yeah. as well as <clears> leaders <throat> matter. And yeah. in the case of that committee chaired by Public Health. Ms. Health. Yeah. Ms. T, mm-hmm. that was a defining aspect of how this played out. Exactly. The reason that it got the hearing it got yeah. was because of Ms. T. So, the chair so, holds so, the keys. I mentioned uh, a Speaker Strauss earlier. Speaker Strauss was quite ardent in his opposition to the bathroom legislation both before and after the 2017 session um and you know a a guy who whatever you thought about him as speaker tended not to get too far out there rhetorically Mm -hmm. at any moment got pretty far out there rhetorically on that particular piece of legislation Mm -hmm. by the end Mm
1: -hmm. yeah
0: um speaker bonnet is not speaker strauss he's a different guy Mm -hmm. arguably he's more conservative than speaker strauss just temperamentally Mm -hmm. right i mean this is kind of who he's been if you look back at his work at at the legislature did you and Speaker Bonin have a conversation about this issue, either bathrooms specifically, or the portfolio of issues that the LGBTQ community cares particularly about before the session started?
1: Yes, or early on, we felt like Tell it was. Tell me about a, that. It was it was important that, okay, well now we got this caucus, what do we do? We didn't know we we knew there wasn't anything, you know, burning at that time. But we did have a courtesy meeting with the speaker to say Here's who we are. Here's long, our goals. long
0: meeting, short meeting.
1: Oh, probably 30, 40 minutes, right? Just to say, here's what we're doing. Here's what we're up to, and um, the speaker is. I, I, what I respect about the speaker is that he is very process oriented. He loves the house as much as any of us do, and he's yeah, he's, a, a, he's a man of the institution, he, and he's a student yeah, of, yeah, right. of 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 the the ways of the house, and you know I respect him for that. Um, the fact that he did give us, um, the, meaning my my colleagues. A, and a, an array of committees, an array of speakers, bills were not just all categorized to all the LGBTQ things are going to go to state affairs. Um, things were spread throughout. You see his fingerprints on that, definitely, definitely. I think he, he could a good have thing. he
0: could have kept all this from happening, all this activity that you consider to be positive, had he wanted to.
1: Yeah, and but I don't think he doesn't he he. I take him at his word where he's just told uh, made made it clear that the the people that he asked to chair a committee. Uh, that he's not putting his thumb on the back of their neck to say, hey, I didn't mean for you to do that. Um, he uh, uh, puts good women and men in charge of a committee and then says, go do good things. Do your work. Do your work, right.
0: exactly, yeah. and,
1: and and respect the House and respect one another. Does
0: the fact that the bathroom bill did not resurface in this session, I mean, that's a practical political yeah. fact. I mean, the electorate returned a different legislature to yeah. the Capitol this time than last time. Yeah. A legislature that is likely on the numbers at least to be less inclined rather than more inclined to re um, uh, reimagine that legislation or take it back up, I should say. Uh, but the fact that it didn't come come back kind of seemed like, from your perspective, maybe victory of sorts. Oh, You didn't have to refight that battle.
1: If, if looking at it now where we are in the session, it's it's a relief to not have that – boot on the neck, Looming, so to speak. Right, yeah. Um, it's not fun. It puts it 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 hurts the ability it hurts my ability to do other things, but it also harms relationships. If if I'm having to fight with my colleagues about a bathroom bill kind of thing, which the Krauss bill has the potential to become, that means we're not working on public education stuff. Right. And that's and that's a shame. And that's and that Pisses me off. <laughs> You
0: view it as a distraction from the main business of the state.
1: Yeah. I mean, if, if you believe in the collegiality and we're all going to be cordial and we're going to be respectful of one another, there's nothing to tear down that respect faster than um, than something like an anti-LGBTQ right. bill.
0: Uh, your colleague, Representative Johnson, new member, member of the caucus, said <laughs> on this subject of what progress looks like, you take two steps and the next session you take two more steps and you continue to build the road of full equality. It's yes. incremental, but it's forward progress. You agree with that?
1: Agree, yeah. And
0: those hearings that we talked about, whether it was the conversion therapy hearing or the hearing that Representative Coleman, Chairman Coleman's bill yeah. on trans protections. Hate crimes. Hate crimes, mm-hmm. God. I mean, he, he first introduced that legislation a long time yeah. ago, no, did he, he not? Yeah,
1: he pierced the water for a lot of us uh, years ago um, yeah. as, as someone who um, has, he, he's a warrior, yeah. So you've got to right. give him his props.
0: Right. So let's come to the conversion therapy thing specifically for a second and mm-hmm. the, for the benefit of people who did not see that. So yeah. there, uh, th- this legislation would have uh, uh, it targeted specifically state-licensed or state-funded, state-licensed. Like, if, if you
1: had a, a professional li- uh,
0: license. You're a counselor or a therapist, yes. and you are using your uh, role in that capacity to attempt to change – uh, the gen, you know, gender identity, or to somehow impact, go after the sexual orientation, kind of uh, turn turn kids who believe that they are who they are,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, a different way. Conversion therapy, reparative therapy. I heard
0: you use the phrase earlier, reparative therapy.
1: Different. Uh,
0: um, Texas is not the only state. Where, on not it. the only state where this has come up as a topic.
1: Right. There's about ten other states that have had similar moves where they've said, and in in then age now where um, we as a state have in the last several sessions worked, uh, across the aisle on things related to, uh, mental health and suicide prevention. Um, this, this fits in there. there these, the reason why I guess I get emotional is because there's young kids who think they are less than because mom and dad have been convinced by a therapist. I can fix your kid. Yeah. No, that kid doesn't need fixing. The kid just needs to be a kid. Um, so we had some very compelling testimony. If anybody's listening, go go check out the hearing. It was um, it was uh, short and impactful. Right. Um, it would, didn't say to mom and dad what you can and cannot do. It didn't say to the priests what you can and cannot do. Has nothing whatsoever to do.
0: You were specifically with talking about the freedom. public piece, which was state if you're going li- to hold a license licensed, in the state, you right. can't do
1: that. And this is a longstanding belief from the American Psychiatric Association and other healthcare, right. the Texas Medical Association. Um, was in support of this legislation. So Bill
0: gets a hearing, doesn't get a vote in committee. Yeah. Doesn't get out of committee, doesn't get to the floor, doesn't get a vote on the floor, probably doesn't pass if it. Yeah. Does get to the floor. You can read the tea leaves politically. You know this legislature. Yeah. Fine. What happens next time? Come back again?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, every election has consequences. And the reason why, as you pointed out, the reason why we had this hearing at this juncture was because we had a chair who... She, Ms. T has her own history of support for L- LGBTQ um, right. issues and equality. Um, and she, she was uh, inclined to say, you know what, Sally, I'm going to give you a hearing on that bill. Thank yeah. you, Ms. T. Um, so two years from now, we don't know what the composition is going to be of the House. But um, you, have to be, you have to be strategic in my mind. And um, uh, there'll be an opportunity to, to say something uh, positive in in the way of reparative therapy, I think, but but you know, back to what you know, Representative Johnson was saying, you you you'd, you think you take two steps forward and then another to take two steps forward, but it might be two steps forward, one step back, and then two steps forward, one step back, is what what I've found. It, That's it still move progress at a glacial though, isn't it? pace. It's, yeah. still, it's still
0: progress. You bet. I mean, I think about the business community's activation on the bathroom <laughs> legislation last time, and again, I mean, here was a CNBC headline from just a couple of weeks ago, you would have thought it was 2017 or all over again. LGBT groups and tech companies warned that a Texas bill could cost the state billions. That was the headline. And, and yeah. I was like, is that an old story about the bathroom bill? No, it was a story about Charles Perry's uh, uh, bill SB-17 that I alluded to earlier, which appears not to have found any purchase in the house. Yeah, uh, The business community is concerned about <laughs> legislation that might otherwise dissuade businesses or employees from locating in Texas, real economic consequences, those were challenged the last time by the lieutenant governor and allies yeah. of his Canceled on Canceled conventions.
1: Bill. But, you know, and they said, well, nature. you know, that's
0: all been exaggerated by the people who oppose the bathroom bill. But the point is, the business community was concerned enough in the last session and is concerned enough, again, in this session to get off the sidelines yeah, and to speak up about that. So, yeah. again, speaking of allies and speaking of ways in which progress is made, you mm-hmm. may consider the business group's activation on these issues to be a form of progress that's ultimately helpful for you the next time and the next time and the next.
1: Yeah, all, all of the um, normal usual suspects, Equality Texas, um, HRC are, are growing in, in influence as well. Um, but to have another, uh, another subset of uh, business leaders to say, could we talk about business and not, and not talk about a ne- the negative impact to us of our ability to recruit good employees to come to Texas? Right, You know, they they put a dollar figure on it, and that, that's right. that's. – I'll take it. Whatever, what's interesting whatever to me is it
0: doesn't – it's not about the things that divide people. It's about the things that unite people. If you make it about, yeah. you know, the boring old economy, you don't make it about people who you think are, you know, live differently from you or choose yeah. a different way to live their lives different from you. It's really about something that we all understand a little bit in a little bit more unified way, and that's the boring old business community, the boring old economy.
1: yeah. And in the the case of this year in this session, it's um, the the policy wonks who have been working so hard to uh, reform our public education system. We have we have we collectively have done a lot through the interim and during the session. Yeah. Um, we handed a, a a beautiful little little uh, Cadillac of a vehicle over to the Senate, and they they in my view kind of dinged it up and kicked it back over to us. So. We've got to fix that. Well, there's that. still a couple of weeks for conference but, to fix all that. But, right? but my point is that's that's been our overwhelming number one topic. Everybody gets a trophy this session. Everybody yep. gets a trophy, and it's going to be called "I did something significant on public yep. education."
0: Is th- is there something specifically representative about the issue of uh, the LGBTQs community as it relates to the rest of the state? There's something specific about Texas. I mean, again, we, t- we talked about the fact that the conversion therapy or the reparative therapy. Conversation is not limited to Texas. It happens elsewhere. Yeah. This for whatever the reason seems to be a particularly potent conversation in Texas. Look, yeah there are gay people all over this country. Mm-hmm. I'd stipulate there are gay people in all hundred and fifty <laughs> legislative districts and mm-hmm. all thirty-one Senate districts and mm-hmm. all thirty-six congressional districts. There are gay and lesbian Texans, bisexual Texans every place, transgender Texans, in all corners of this state. Mm-hmm. As there are probably all over the country. But for some reason the conversation here seems to be more potent. Mm-hmm. I just wonder why you think that is. Is there something you're meaning about Texas? Texas? Is there something about Texas that makes this conversation harder or more fraught?
1: I um I will I will say Texas gets people's attention. Um if you're in any other state nobody's you, paying attention to Idaho and, candidly. <laughs> and you say right? you're or from like, Texas Vermont. that that's special. Right. We have we have a uniqueness, we have a brand. Um and 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 sometimes it's not always positive, so like you know being able to say, "There's a reparative therapy in uh, ban a ban on reparative therapy in Texas yeah. well, that's cool, you know, so it gets people's attention and um and i'll I'll leverage that if i if I can to help bring attention to to good stuff
0: yeah this is also a state as you had <laughs> talked about earlier the the fact that the religious through line of this conversation this is a a state that is a state of significant faith people Mm -hmm. of great faith Mm -hmm. rodeo buckle of the bible belt yeah right i saw a study released earlier this year the public religion research institute prri study it's gotten a lot of attention that showed that there was majority support for anti-discrimination measures for lgbt people from every major religious group Mm -hmm. it's not as if somehow religion or people of faith themselves are at odds with the LGBTQ community. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, the religious through line does come up from time to time Mm -hmm. in these topics.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, there's, uh, there's groups in this state who will um, use, use Jesus to harm. And I, and I different from other states uh, in, well, in terms of the uniqueness of Texas, I, I agree with you. There is, there is a strong religious, um, um, people of faith in Texas, but my argument is they're people of all faiths. They're Muslim, they're Hindu, they're Do you they're begrudge Christians? them feeling
0: that somehow the LGBTQ lifestyle or community is somehow out of sync with their own views of how people should live? I mean, they say my my faith tradition tells me that this is, yeah. I I'm just don't see.
1: You know, my, my argument back to them, Evan, is that my, my, my God doesn't hate. Um, the nurses at Our Lady—I mean, the nurses. The—I uh, I was educated in a Catholic um, Our Lady of Mount Carmel, yep. and those those nuns then um, those nuns just taught me about the the love that Jesus uh, wanted us to to have towards one another. Yep. Uh, so, you know, I'm I, I, I see Christianity to to no one. Uh, my my mother <laughs> when I came out to my mother, she said, uh and I was kind of scared, and she said, "Well, how me how had, old." When I was, this is embarrassing, I, I was like, she's well into my forties by the time I had the guts to say, mom, I'm gay. And my mom said, Oh, Miha, don't worry. I love you. And she said, but please don't ever leave the church. <laughs> that
0: was the only important <laughs> that was, thing. That was the only caveat. Exactly. And I said, I you don't leave the church, but sometimes the church leaves me.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. you know, in other words, she, she, uh, she wrapped me up pretty good in that in that Catholic blanket, and I and I and I love her for that, and I appreciate it. And you continue to be um, a person of faith yourself. You bet. I mean, course. it's part of part of my upbringing in 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 El Paso, and uh, you know I had to go to church every Friday, and I always used to tell my mom, why, why do I, I already went to church on Friday? And why do I have to go again? And you know, I was like, no, get dressed, we're going to church. Yeah. So you know, it's part of who I am. So I I seed that to no one, and um and I and because I represent a district that is. Yeah, but there's a a bunch of uh, Hindu and Muslim Americans. You there. have one
0: of a, a very significantly diverse. District.
1: It's a rainbow district, yeah. yeah right. So, yeah.
0: it's beautiful. When you run for office, uh, as you have a couple times in that district, does does your sexual orientation ever come up as a topic when you door knock or talk to voters?
1: When I first ran, and I was, um, you know, in t shirt and clipboard mode, um, I had the most wonderful stories of people who who for whom that was. They, I would get hugs at the door. Like it means so much to me that you're gay, and I would hesitate to because bring it up because they see
0: themselves in you.
1: Because they, they, I guess you know, five years ago, when we before we had the Supreme Court ruling on on marriage, um, they they appreciated it, and 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 I had a very distinct conversation with one family in particular. I was I walked in on their Dallas Cowboys game, and and I made an assumption about family um, structure, and it turned out that. Um, it was a, a lesbian couple with a, with a son and, and, and an ex-husband who was visiting the house watching the game. <laughs> and uh, I remember her saying, "But well, it, it, for me, because I, I, don't, I don't lead with that, but she said, for me, this means I'm, I'm, I'm giving her my community resume and I've done all of these things. And when I mentioned that I was gay, she was like, she pounded her head on the floor and said, oh, this changes everything. And I thought I had blown it, right? She had like, invited me into her house. She was determined she was going to grill me. When she found out about the gay thing, she was, and I thought it was a, the the grunt was a negative grunt. She said, "Oh, you've made it. So, you've made the choice for me now. I'm, I'm with you." And I said, "Well, I don't want you to vote for me just because I'm gay." And she said, "I'm voting for you because you're going to represent my family." And it, you know, so it was a, it was a cool, funny, you know, Dallas Cowboy Sunday. But moment. but
0: again, sort of in basic, boring political terms, people often vote for people who they think like, reflect their values back on them, reflect yeah. their experience back on them. Yeah. You vote for somebody when you see your life and experience and values reflected back on you. Yeah, And so why would it not be the case that uh, a, a gay Texan sees in a gay legislator values that for many, many years were not reflected back from government, yeah. right? I mean, it's not any different than you know, the importance for the Muslim community of having Muslim members of Congress now. Sure. And yeah, seeing you're people who reflect back of that. on, right? Isn't that mm-hmm. it? I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of boring and pragmatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's and then too amazing. sometimes
1: people would say, well, that doesn't matter to me. Let's talk about transportation stuff. You well, know? and, and so, let me, <laughs> let, so let
0: me ask you about that in the remaining uh, minutes we have left. We had the experience, I want to say <laughs> spectacle, except spectacle sounds bad. And the reality is it was often not talked about after the beginning. So it was hardly a spectacle. In fact, of the first openly gay, uh, major party candidate for statewide office mm-hmm. in the last election mm-hmm. in uh, uh, the sheriff uh, running for Lupe Valdez running for governor of Texas as a yeah. Democrat. Now she didn't have any success as a candidate. Yeah. Uh, and the initial headlines about her candidacy were gay Latina sheriff runs for office <laughs> as if somehow, you know, she was a golden cheek warbler, you know, an endangered species, <laughs> you know, <laughs> materializing in front of us in the middle of the street. Um, but, a- after a while, that superlative fact of her being the first... Didn't matter. Dis- well, it just disappeared from conversation. Yeah, it right? dissipated. Yeah. And there were probably a lot of gay Texans who didn't vote for her. Well, based on the numbers, clearly. If they clearly, did yeah. Even if they knew. Yeah. So the fact that somebody may reflect back on you, your life experience or values, mm-hmm. doesn't mean you're going to vote for them.
1: True. Right? True. But it means in, in, the, in, the, in the language of politics... It means you connect with them somehow. Um,
0: and, she, and she's basically broken through a ceiling of sorts. <coughs> yeah. Right? The gay ceiling, Yeah, as it were. Yeah. Right? Yeah. She, she's made it possible now so that other people who decide they want to run say, mm-hmm. I'm not the first. This is something that's happened. The world didn't come to an end. Mm-hmm. I was uh, noticing... <laughs> all over social media last week, the kind of um, marveling and the non-marveling over the fact that Pete Buttigieg and his husband were on the cover of Time Magazine. (laughs) And the fact of that, I mean, in the same way that Julie Johnson's spouse was the first spouse, same-sex spouse to be in the- um, The ladies' club. Ladies' club, yeah. Pete Buttigieg's husband has become this totem, this emblem of how far we've come that we're sort of normalizing the idea that a same, same sex spouse yeah. might be in the White House. And the fact of them on the cover was both this moment, but also it was like, eh, people sort of shrugged their head. Yeah. Well, that's just, we're kind of at a different place now.
1: Yeah. We're, um, I remember talking to a union guy here when I was first going to run, and I was a little, he was an older guy, and I said, well, you know, I, I don't know how voters are going to feel about the fact that I'm a lesbian. And he said, hell, Celia, now you're, now you're, expletive, trendy. You know, so oh, really? you're trendy now. Oh, um, wow. You're I think tre- we're still trendy, but I think we're going to become kind of boring after a while. Like, oh. Would you rather you know, be trendy or boring? Next chapter. I love being trendy at the age of 50, 54 years old. An I'm, overnight success at 54, right? Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah, I'm trendy. Right.
0: So where's this going? <laughs> where, where does all this land us in the next session? What, 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 if we're having this conversation two years mm-hmm. from now, what's different about
1: it? Well, as we just said, maybe it becomes not such a thing. Maybe not so trendy. And utilized only when we have
0: to. Maybe the caucus grows.
1: Maybe. Right. Maybe. We, have, um, we, need, we, need some, we need some boys to help represent the, the gay men of this state. And um, it's a presidential year that's coming up. And they're, they're, we have an awakening politically of people. Maybe we'll have some candidates to, to, present, to present themselves and say, I, I, I'd like to serve.
0: Yeah. You're going to come back. Yes, sir. Uh, You've made a decision a, to run again. Have you announced?
1: Yeah, my, my partner this morning because we you know been going till midnight and I got home at one o'clock in the morning and um and, and she she said snarkily, "Let's just give it all up, so, yeah. This is it. You're done." She knows them. She knows what the answer is going to be. And then I look back at her with a snake eye and she says, "Yeah, I know. I get it." Yeah. Everyone's everyone's household conversation is the same as, <laughs> it, as yeah. it happens.
0: All right, Representative. Good luck with you. Uh, rest of the session. Thanks very much. Thanks, Evan. All right. been listening to Point of Order, a proud member of the Texas Tribune's family of podcasts. Thanks to our guest, State Representative Celia Israel, and thanks to the sponsor of this episode, the Texas Freedom Network. Be sure to check out the Tribune's deep coverage of the 86th legislative session at texastribune.org. And if you like what you see there or hear here, tell your friends about us. Until next time, I'm Evan Smith.